This is Self Startup. <music> Greetings, fellow self starters. Welcome to Self Starter, a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self employed, and freelancers who've taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I am a dispute resolution specialist. So, yes, I think you guys have heard that a few times already. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you'll find a bunch of links and resources, not only for this podcast, but anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. So be sure to go over there and check it all out. This episode is with business owner Amy of Niche Massage in Nara. Yes, massage. Now, the key word, the umbrella theme of this podcast episode is niche, and we'll get into why. Really cool business. Amy's been up and running for the last two years, and this is a great example of a business just gradually building and building and building and getting support from, from the local community and building up regular loyal clientele. I'll let Amy do all the talking, but you can check out Niche Massage by going to nichemassage.com.au. That's niche, by the way, for you Americans that are listening. And facebook.com slash niche massage Nara. So that's neat. Oh, I'll do that again. Facebook.com slash N-I-C-H-E-M-A-S-S-A-G-E-N-O-W-R-A. Alternatively, as always, you can go to selfstarter.com.au, check out the show notes, and I'll dump everything over there as well. As always, enough of me. Please enjoy this great conversation with Amy of Niche Massage in Nara. Thank you very much for your time. You're more than welcome. And um, just to get it started, for people that don't know who you are, do you just want to introduce yourself and uh, your business? Sure. So my name's Amy Jane Ward, and I I moved to the Shoalhaven six years ago from New Zealand, mm -hmm. and um, my hubby is in the Defence Force, and we had a wee baby together, and when... Um, I was looking to get back into the workforce. I wasn't really happy with what was out there, so I decided to train as a massage therapist, and I own Niche Massage. And so has, has niche, niche Massage been around for about that six-year period, or has it been a little bit less? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. So I've literally just celebrated my second birthday oh, with the business. Happy two birthday. Years ago, uh, sorry, two weeks ago. <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> That's great. And so you just mentioned there, and this is one of the questions that I have, is around you know, what was the main driver to start your business? And obviously just, I guess, a lack of other preferred opportunities. And you thought, well, this is something that I should just start on my own accord. Absolutely. I I wanted something that, A, I could work around my wee one. She's, she's just turned five now. She was three when I started it. So it had to work around her. There's no, no doubt about that because with my husband being defence, he's, in and out of the household. Unfortunately, he was um, deployed for seven months when I actually trained. And um, it has to be something that I can still be home to look after her, my, my little one, if my husband's away. So, yeah, that's kind of how it evolved, really. Just trying to, I guess, try and find something that meets or fits in with the with the lifestyle that, that you both have and, I guess, having having the child, definitely. Correct, correct. Yep. And so uh, you mentioned that you made that decision to to get into massage and 
you know, was that was that something that you had some interest in previously? What was the it, yeah? It was. Um, now I did a more of a self interest course many years ago. Um, I have a twenty one year old girl as well, and when she was about four or five, I did a um, course that was more self interest based than a um, certificate as such. And it's I've always used the skills that I learnt from that course, and it's always been in the back of my mind and. Um, so when hubby deployed, I, I kind of, it was a very conscious decision. I thought I could either sit and cry for seven months, which was quite tempting, mm-hmm. or, or I could actually just do something for myself and he would come home to this new woman, which is what happened. That's fantastic. So um, did you have to invest a lot of time to, to go and get the, the training and the skills that you needed? I didn't, and that wasn't an option. And if that was an option... I wouldn't be a massage therapist today Mm. and um, I couldn't, you know, my husband was away. Mm. I, I couldn't go away for months up to Sydney. There are options out there and I I really urge people to look out for the options, not just what we've shown is the easiest path because there are options. I actually started with a weekend course and that course enabled me to, join an association and get insurance. It's a very, very in-depth course, but obviously not in-depth as a massage therapist that goes to college for three years. Mm. But um, it was a course that enabled me to start my journey, and I've done quite a few courses since I did that initial course. So, I mean, that's probably a really important thing is that you didn't have to have everything ready to go straight away. It was just getting started was was probably the critical thing. So what was the easiest thing, at least up front, just to get the whole thing moving? Uh, uh, Yeah, sorry. Um, Yeah, all all I needed for myself was something that was easy. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it around hubby being away and and around the little one if it wasn't something that was doable yeah yeah absolutely and what what, were there any fears that you had leading up to when you finally put word out there to whether it be just friends and family or out to the wider community that um, you are now open for business or leading up to that moment were there a lot of fears yeah yeah there were um First of all, not being taken seriously because it was such a um, condensed course. Mm. Um, so, you know, kind of opening yourself up to people saying, well, you know, obviously you can't be trained, you haven't done this training or you haven't done that training. And um, I, initially I probably let it bother me a little bit, but once I started getting clients in and, and getting my self-confidence as a massage therapist and building little courses here and there and building my own style of massage therapy and and who I was because there's not just one type of massage therapist. So uh, building my own style and bringing my personality into it, then those fears just dissipate because, yeah, you don't have to be the same as everyone else. Yeah, and so I assume that that was things that you were just telling yourself right from right from those earlier moments when you're getting some criticism out there, or even just the thought that you may be getting that criticism, just to keep you going and keep you moving forward, and not sitting still. 
Yeah. yeah, the reality is most of the criticism is only perceived criticism. Mm. We it, it may not necessarily even be happening, but the fear is such that you, you kind of feel like you're not as trained as everyone else, and you're not as um, you know experienced as everyone else. So we perceive that we're going to get that criticism. And the reality is it's been very few and far between those sort of comments and um, the positive input from my clients that I have now is, is, is all I go by because they're the ones that I'm changing their lives on a daily basis. So they're the ones that matter. Well, that's, that's the proof that you need is that it's having an impact on, on people. And so, you know, and you don't have to, well, it's exactly what your, uh, what the, the name of your business is. You're, you've got a niche and, it, and it's working. So, uh, you know, it, you don't have to worry about the wider ex- thing. <laughs> that is exactly why it's called Niche Massage um, because for the first time in my life, I feel like it's my niche. It's where I fit. It is who I'm supposed to be. That's fantastic. And when when you're getting when you actually launched and you're ready to go, who were your first clients, or how did you get your name out there initially, just to get some initial interest and people coming to you to pay for your services? Okay, so I started my Facebook page before I even did my course and put it out there. I invited all my friends to join, um, and I put it out there what I was going to be doing, um, and I had. A few clients, I think I had three or four clients within my first week of finishing my course. Mm. Um, so, but they, they kind of came few and far between in the first few months, mm. but, um, but they kept coming. And those first few that I had uh, two years later, most of them are still clients now. That's fantastic. And was it, was it something that you were really sort of relying on that word of mouth to get out there initially? Yes, uh, um, yes and no. Actually, I find word of mouth is actually stronger now mm. than it was two years ago. Mm. Honestly, you just have to market on Facebook, and and by and I say that because Facebook is such a big part of everyone's lives now. Um, so for me personally, that that's how I built it, just marketing on Facebook. And by marketing, I don't mean necessarily paid advertisements because you don't have to pay. Mm. But you you just have to get your name out there on Facebook. Um, and, of course, there are other social media strategies as well. Facebook is just my preferred one. Um, but word of mouth is actually more more relevant now, two years later, than it was two years ago. I assume that's probably because you've got that clientele now that come in, so those people are going back out to to their their groups of people and, and passing it on because you've got that regular clientele. Absolutely, absolutely. And now um, I'm finding regularly if someone's asking on a local page who can recommend a massage therapist, invariably more than one person tags my business in it and uh, because they now know and and I guess they also know it's not just a passing phase and and that's probably more important about why the word of mouth is more important now as well because it's not just a phase that they've seen me go through they know that I'm serious and passionate about this I think that's a really important thing that I've 
I'm starting to, to get my or wrap my head around now is that sometimes it's just the fact that people just are continuing to do what they do, regardless of whether you're making a hell of a lot of money or your clients are coming in thick and fast. It's it's the fact that you're still there and you're still doing your thing that adds that legitimacy to what you do. And so people trust you over time, even if they don't actually use you for a while to begin with. I agree with that. I, I've actually got people who do recommend me that haven't actually been to see me as clients and that, that some of them have eventually become clients, but simply because they know I'm here, they know what I do, they, they've seen my marketing, they know the, the different types of massage that I offer and because I'm marketing it all the time and getting it in their face, so to speak, mm. um, they know if someone pipes up and says, hey, I need someone to do a lymphatic drainage massage, they're like, oh, I know, Amy does that. So, yeah, it, it is definitely the case. So one thing that I've noticed with a lot of businesses that um, are service-based, so you're really relying on that face-to-face -face interaction with that person when you're providing your service, whether it's like what you're doing or in hospitality and whatnot. And for a lot of businesses, they struggle to understand the concept of putting importance on that digital realm and being online because all their traffic is based off coming in and providing a face-to-face -face, uh, face -face service for them. But, I mean, you've alluded to this with the importance of Facebook, but uh, for you, I mean, obviously there's that hard sell you could, you could do online and telling people what you do, but uh, are there any other tactics that you use online to sort of drive attention your way? Um, honestly, I... I don't, I don't actually do a lot. 99, well, I used to say 99%. It's probably more about 90% now because probably about 10% is um, word of mouth now. Mm. But most of my business comes from my Facebook page. And whether that's posting my Facebook page into other groups just so people know it's out there instead of just having my page, Um but I don't, most of my business comes from there. I don't have a walk-in service. People have to have a booking booked, mm. uh, an appointment time. Um, I don't have foot traffic because it's at my home in a mm. suburb. Yeah. Um, so people don't just drive past and go, oh, that, that's, um, that's where niche massage is because I, I don't have that. However... We have recently got a new car and my signage is all over the car. And we, When we were getting the new car, we intentionally bought a car that stands out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it stands out in noise and it stands out in everything. Um, it's a, an orange car, so immediately it's a colour that's a little bit different. And um, I, because I've got my signage all over that, I'm getting... Um, Funnily enough, a lot more male clients. It used to be majority of my clients were female, mm. but I think guys look at the car and kind of go, "Wow, that's a bit of a cool car." So, <laughs> uh, and then they, <laughs> and then they see the signage, and I've been getting a lot of um, males through that either book for themselves or book for their partners or even book couple massages where I go and massage both of them. That's really so. so yeah, I was just going to say that's really cool because um, it's something that. You know, I mean, obviously online is really, really important. I think it's critical now that businesses utilize it, whether it be Facebook or having just a website or all these different channels mm -hmm. and whatnot. But um, people lean so hard in that 
on that side of that they tend to not use a lot of the older traditional forms of uh of marketing you know signs and whatnot um but the old car signage um i've always lo- i've always loved it it works yeah it, it, it absolutely works i've often actually said I, i've had a discussion with my husband recently i wonder how many businesses these days would survive if, if facebook closed tomorrow mm. because we're not given the skills these days to market how we used to market even five years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, we we use Facebook so heavily, and I'm probably one myself that um, probably uses it too heavily um, and relies on it maybe a little bit too heavily. Car signage has been amazing. It has really got my business out there more than um, more than not having the car signage. But even in saying that, you've got to pay the few dollars to get proper car signage, not just the magnets on the side. They look cheap. (laughs) It's it's It looks cheap and it it says something about your business that's not necessarily a good thing that you want said about your business. You need to pay those few dollars and it's probably not as expensive as people think it is Mm. um, to, to really have your name put professionally on your car. Well, it's all that perception, isn't it? Because... I've seen a really good example, and I'm always paying attention to to cars driving around when when you're on the highway and uh, and different things, uh, stickers and and signs that have, have been put on cars. And um, there's one in particular that I think's down in our our area where um, it's a a business that does high tea, but the car is an old bomb. And it's in such a bad condition, poor condition, but then they're advertising that they provide a service of high tea. And it's like it's this contradiction of what they provide and what they're driving around and advertising in. And, Ab- and so that drives, a, that drives a perception. It, it does. And my, my husband and I are having this discussion all the time because he's my chief car washer. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm first to admit that, um, yeah, he he probably wishes that he had more massages in return for car washing. <laughs> um, but he, he says to me, it, we have to keep it clean. And, and it's so true mm. because it is about perception. I mean, some of the places I massage are very dusty. I can't keep my car dust free seven days a week because I would have be having to wash it mm. seven days a week and he's just not available seven days a week so so obviously he can't be washed <laughs> seven days a week um, so but yeah it is I, I want people to know that I've got a clean warm friendly environment my car has to portray that and with having the business name all over the car if it looks like a bomb site people are going to question where they're going to be massaged. Especially with massage as well. You could go, oh, that looks a bit dodgy. I wonder what sort of massage <laughs> service that is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess as it stands now, and you've been doing it for, for two years, yep. and um, you've gone through, a, no doubt, a number of different uh, chapters along the way to get the business up and running and now getting into more of a word-of-mouth thing with your uh, you know, consistent clientele coming in. What's the what's the current challenge that you have at the moment? What's something that's that's uh, uh, not not the difficulty, but something that you've really got to put a lot of time and effort into? Okay, um, honestly, and this is probably not what you're expecting to hear. Actually, honestly, it's sticking to my days off. 
It's a it's a very physical job. When you're new in business, you just want to say yes, 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 yes to everyone, and you get run down, and you can't do that. You've got to give yourself your time off. And I, my days off are Mondays and Tuesdays because invariably I'm massaging hens parties or or at um, I do a bit of subcontracting for uh, retreats locally. Um, if, if I don't, you know, those those things are normally on the weekend, so mm-hmm. I give myself Mondays and Tuesdays off. But it's too easy if someone messages me on a Monday or Tuesday, I'm thinking I'm still getting my name out there, I don't want them to think I'm not available, blah, blah, blah. You've got to set those boundaries and give yourself that time off. And I'm still learning that. Oh, it would be difficult because it, that's the advantage of being self-employed is that, you know, you what you could get back is well you what you put in is what you get back and when you stop momentarily you you panic thinking that you know you're missing out on opportunities but for for you and as you mentioned it's it's physical work that you're doing and the last thing you want to do is burn yourself out physically but then obviously that turns into a mental thing as well correct correct and i i've said to my hubby recently as far as you know giving myself time off i've got to put my foot down a little bit firmer for myself Mm. Um, my clients do know that I accept emergency appointments on my days off and I'm happy to take emergency. I'm talking about migraines and stuff like that because I actually specialize in headache and migraine massages. Okay. Um, so my clients do know that I'm available for emergencies. I've really put my foot down a little bit more about not accepting just relaxation massages or anything in those days. Mm. Um, but I, I have to give myself time off because I I need to know that I can give a hundred percent to every single client, and and I can't do that if I'm not setting those boundaries for myself as well as my clients. Oh, definitely, and I think it'll no doubt help your business long term with even just giving you a moment to breathe and and look at the bigger picture, and it might just open up a, a few other ideas and things that you want to do that you normally wouldn't be able to give yourself the opportunity to think about because you're just constantly on the on the go all the time. Absolutely. I mean, as a business owner, you, you do everything. You do the marketing, you you put your books together, you, um, you're doing cleaning. The massage industry is a pile of dirty washing every day. <laughs> and and um, you have to be able to do all of these things and it's hard to keep up when you're just massaging. Absolutely. And not giving yourself those couple of days to recoup. Well, you're right. I didn't expect that answer, but I'm glad that you did because it, was, it, it is important. And I think it's something that where people put a lot of pressure on themselves to think that, you know, going into, you know, your own business being even just a freelancer or being self-employed, that you have to just be on all the time. And it's this massive commitment. And it is a commitment. It's a big commitment. But um, you also have the the control to be able to limit yourself at times along the way as well because ultimately I, you're, you're, you're creating the rules yourself. I, absolutely. And you, you have to. And you have to. I didn't do it from the outset, but really you have to do it from the outset. Um, I know that's probably the hardest thing for some because you do try and take the opportunities while they're there. But you have to set the boundaries for the clients as much as yourself from the outset. Well, moving forward now, 
And, yeah. and, and one of the, as you mentioned, the current uh, challenge that you have is being disciplined with your days off. But apart from uh, getting over that challenge and getting that uh, underway, what else is uh, coming up for, for your business? Have you got any other ideas or things that you want to venture into or expand out? Or is it more of just, just building on what you've, what you've already got? Um, there are a few things. I often have polls on my Facebook page of different things that clients want to see me introduce. Um, and, and I do take a big note. Lymphatic drainage is one of the things that I ha- I've had clients um, request the last couple of years and it's now a part of my um, services. Can you explain that um, just really quickly? So, so lymph- lymphatic drainage is it's, it's to help move everything through the lymph system, which is right for our body. Mm-hmm. Now, it was recommend, uh, requested from one of my very, very first clients Um who is a breast cancer survivor. Now, it's not just for um, cancer survivors or anything, but breast cancer survivors often have lymph nodes removed and therefore they suffer um, with lymphedema, which you'll see some people have like the um, compression bandages on their arms and stuff like that to prevent the swelling, Mm -hmm. which is normally lymphedema. So um, lymphatic drainage helps to drain all the lymphs and helps to reduce the lymphedema. And um, it's much more comfortable um, than them having swelling, which causes them pain. Uh, But it's also fantastic just for everyday health, just helping to drain the toxins out of your body. Mm. So that, now yeah. that's part of your your repertoire as far as services. It is, yeah. it is, and it's becoming more and more popular for, for both breast cancer survivors and everyday people that are just carrying a bit of fluid or um, just run down. It can help to, yeah, get everything out of the body that shouldn't be in there. That's really cool. So so I guess for from just off that example that you've got, opening up, I guess, the number of different services that you provide and expanding on that. There, there are going to be a few more services specifically over the next year. Um, I'm also very strong into essential oils. I'm going to be running more workshops teaching people how to use essential oils over the next year. Um, and within the next sort of 12 to 18 months, I'm looking at specialising more in a whole woman's health. I mean, I definitely do, will always do men's massage as well. But um, women's health comes up so much from from the women I talk to. Um, there are just things not available locally, unfortunately. We, we do live in a place that's a little bit um, distant from where some of the therapies can be provided. Sure. Um, so I'm really just wanting to get it out there because if women are looking after their health, it's not just their physical health but it's their mental health as well Mm. and um, so I really want to be pushing the courses that I'm doing to um, specializing in women's health. I'll be letting my wife know that because I think she, <laughs> I think she might be interested. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's really. I mean, it's it's exciting to know that. I guess in a couple of years that you've been uh, running, that you've you've achieved a considerable amount of success and having regular clientele, and that's something that a lot of people, um, before they even get started, just dream of having and think that that's it's a very difficult thing to to get to. And obviously, it's a lot of hard work, but it's it's achievable. So it's it's exciting to see you up to this stage, and obviously, just touching on some of the ideas that you have in the future as well. That um, 
the the possibilities are endless as far as where where the business can go. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on what you just said there about, you know, it is something that everyone hopes that they can do when they go into business. And just what we were talking about earlier about, you know, some people give up to walk before that point. Mm. So it's so many times in the last two years, I've shaken my head and kind of thought, why I'm still only got two or three clients a week? Is, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to make this work? You've just got to be consistent and persistent. That's and you. I think the mistake that some people make is trying to be like someone else. Mm. Don't don't be. I'm a firm firm believer in your vibe attracts your tribe. I like that. It's so true. You put out who you are. Don't try and be someone else. Put out who you are, and the clients who are attracted to you will come to you. And I think the the other thing is probably that, you know, you don't need hundreds and hundreds of people and, um, you know, to bring in this this large volume of wealth. And I'm sure everyone loves to, to earn lots and lots of money. But ultimately, I guess, depending on what your needs are and what, what you're looking for out of life, um, you don't need a massive clientele either. So I think people sort of look to... It looked on such a massive scale that it might not be realistic to what they actually need in life as well. So... Uh- yeah. Absolutely. There's no way that I could have thought. I mean, Shoalhaven. How now? How many people do we have here? Thirty thousand odd. Mm, yep. I, and I didn't think that I'd be able to build my business in two years to where it's at. I don't need hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I've got about eleven hundred on my Facebook page. Mm. Not all of them are active all the time, but I have clients that. that don't be scared to ask clients to refer you on. Don't be scared to um, ask clients to rebook because I didn't do that in, in the beginning. I wouldn't say, oh, do you want to book your next um, session now before you come back? But my clients are now knowing they have to or they might miss out. And was that, um, was that a worry for you because you were, just, you were just worried that they would say no? Fear of rejection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ab- absolutely. I And... Um, and, and I didn't want to seem pushy. Yeah, yeah. But I I have some clients that, and it's something I talk about quite a bit now with clients, is um, they say, but I can't afford to do it every fortnight or I can't afford to do it every month. I have clients that come to me now and say, I can't afford not to do it every fortnight. Mm. I can't afford not to do it every month. Or some clients that are in pain that 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 two weeks between their sessions, I'm, I'm thinking of one client in particular, she said to me, that is what gets me through. It's like, I know I've just got to make it to that Saturday and then I'll be good for the next two weeks. And I think it's, it'd probably be, I'm just having a guess here, but it'd probably be a combination of obviously the service that you provide and, and convincing people through that service and that experience that it's it's value for them, but also, I guess, educating them and and getting them to understand the, the flow-on benefits of, of having ab- the service ab- carried out. Absolutely. And I think the Facebook page comes in handy there because I try to put more educational stuff up on my Facebook page. So then it's not quite so in your face like I'm talking to you. This is what I need to say to you. (laughs) It's a little bit more general. And um, I guess always have on your Facebook page, contact me for this. You've always got to have a call to action. Otherwise, it's just kind of information that they don't follow up on. 
I love it. I've got so many things I'm writing down here, so many notes. This is really good. So uh, thank you so much. And I think uh, probably sometime later in the new year, we'll, we'll catch up and see how you're going with a couple of the additional things that you're looking into. Because I'd be, I'd love to pick your brain about the workshop element, because that's a completely different dynamic to providing your upfront service. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd love to see how that all goes and, and what becomes of it, because um, that's, that's another thing that people probably don't think about a great deal, but um, it could be another way of driving traffic and attention your way. So it's um, absolutely. Yeah, and don't forget Christmas is coming up and um, your wife might need a prezi. <laughs> I, lo- I love any help I can get in that area because I'm horrible when it comes to gifts. So thank you very much. I'll keep that in you're, mind. <laughs> you're more than welcome. <laughs> thank you very we'll much for your time. Soon, yes. Thanks, okay. Amy. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, fellow self-starters. If you want to reach out to Amy of Niche Massage, you can do so by going to nichemassage.com.au or you can go to facebook.com slash nichemassagenaura. There's a lot of ch there. If you want to make it easy for yourself, you can go to selfstarter.com.au. I'm going to dump everything that was covered in this episode in the show notes over there with no doubt a bunch of additional content. So be sure to go over there and check it out at selfstarter.com.au. I got four key takeaways from this episode. As always, if you learned something that I have not covered, I'd love to hear from you. I want to know what you guys are focusing on, what you're getting value out of that will help me build this podcast and self-starter in general to a bigger and better thing in the weeks and the months and years ahead. So please make contact with me and let me know. So the first one that I found really interesting was starting small. Amy wasn't a qualified massage therapist and has never advertised herself that way. She had an interest in massage therapy and had done some informal courses and whatnot previously, but really to get herself started, she started with a weekend course, learned some basic things where it was enough to be able to provide some value to a small section of people initially, provide a service that people could pay money for and get some something of value. And I think that's something that's very interesting and probably dispels a myth that you need to be this highly qualified, highly experienced person to be able to provide a business or a product or a service to people. As long as you're providing value to people and people are enjoying or getting something out of what you are giving them, then you can create a business. So that's great. The second part is not panicking about not having a lot of clients to begin with. This is a reoccurring theme and we've covered it on a previous podcast episode, but you know, at one point there, Amy was mentioning that she only had two or three clients a week and just going, oh my God, like, is this sustainable? But she had that long-term vision and moving forward and just staying consistent and being true to herself, she's been able to continue to build loyalty. And now she's got a lot of repeat business and jumping over some of those hurdles of asking people for return uh, visits and and return bookings and whatnot. So that's helped her over time and, and created, I guess, that return business that, um, that's quite valuable for any business owner. Uh, the next thing was workshops. Now, moving into 2018, Amy's looking to expand her business and her services by creating workshops for people, finding a way to provide additional value and education to people, passing on her knowledge to others and, and creating a business model off it. And that's a great way of expanding and scaling her business without this dramatic investment of time and money. She's already got this stuff at her fingertips. She does it on a day-to-day basis. So why not create workshops where you're educating people more? A fantastic way to do it. And I know a lot of people that are doing this 
in an online capacity, you can do it either or. Um, obviously, online, there's a lot of advantages of covering a lot more people, but um, you can definitely do it in your local area. And uh, I'm very excited to see how Amy goes in that particular aspect itself. Um, and the last thing, which was really interesting as well, and we haven't really covered this yet, but it's just creating that discipline of giving time to yourself. Like most people, when you're self-employed, um, there's an expectation that you are just on 24-7. You know, you're not working a nine-to-five job anymore. And there's pros and cons to, to being self-employed. And for, for this podcast and for self-starter in general, we're definitely going to highlight the positives. But the reality is that, you know, we all work a lot. And there's an expectation and there's a stigma that you have to be on all the time. And for mental health and your general well-being, it's very important to carve out time for yourself. It's to re-energize, um, recharge the batteries, to clear your mind and give yourself an opportunity to even just focus on some other stuff, whether it be recreational or a little bit self-indulgent or whatever it might be. It just helps you come back to your business, to your product, to your service with a fresher mind, with new ideas and a, and more enthusiasm to keep pushing what you're doing forward. So um, something that Amy's struggling with at the moment, and I think a lot of people struggle with this, but I, I think it's very underrated and something that people really need to focus on and carve out time for themselves. So with everything, you can go over to selfstarter.com.au. There'll be a bunch of additional stuff over there, a bunch of blog posts and content and resources for you guys to check out. I want to hear from you guys if there's something that you're learning or something that you're focusing on that I'm not actually focusing on at the moment. I want to hear from you guys because obviously that ensures that this podcast and self-starter in general becomes bigger and better in the weeks and the months and the years ahead. So as always, until next fortnight, keep reading, keep enjoying Self Starter, and uh, look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.